Good morning. It's a hot one today, isn't it? Well, um, I'm going to jump right on in. Um, But before we get into chapter 3 of Ephesians, we're going to continue through the letters, uh, picking up where Jeff left off. off. And I just want to do a little quick recap of what we talked about last week. So in Ephesians 10 or 2, 1 through 10, it talks about that we were dead in trespasses, walking the course of the world, following the prince of the air and the spirit that now works. I don't know why this does this. Let me do it this way. doesn't give me enough room to read the whole thing. Um, the sons of disobedience live in the passions of our flesh and the desires of our body and mind. So I want to just bring up our first note, which is uh, continuing in Ephesians 2, 12 and 13. It says, remember that you were at, the t- at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenant of the promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So recap what Paul is basically doing here. He's, he's telling them, this is where you were. This is where you're at now. And we're going to follow the same things with us. I mean, it, it could apply to us. This is where we once were. This is where we are now. So with that, let's pray. And then we'll get right on into the message. So Father God, I just thank you, Lord. I thank you for your mercy and your grace, Lord. We are so undeserving of what you've done for us, Lord. I ask that as we get into your word, Father, that I would just step out of the way and that you would just come and minister to us, Father. Go before us. Touch our hearts, Lord. Continue to minister to us. We thank you so much for all that you've done, all that you're doing, and all that you're going to do. We love you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. So I want to put up another note real quick. Worn out knees. As we realize all that God has done for us, we start to fall in love with him. As As he starts to reveal more of himself to us, it should cause us to fall on our knees, in praise and worship to the point of worn-out knees. And when I think about our Lord and what he's done for me in my life, that's what it does. Um, I'm a crybaby. I tend to cry more than fall to my knees, but it's kind of the same idea, you know? So let's just jump right on in, Ephesians 3.1. It says, for this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles. So for this reason, what he's talking about is what I stated again, where, where we were and where we're at now. So again, just that transition. And this is where they were at at this point of their life. So... He continues, I'll read it again. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you. 
how the mystery was made known to me by revelation as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. So again, chapter 2 kind of sets the stage for what we're about to get into. And he explains about, or he starts to talk about this mystery and this mystery revealed. And that it was revealed to him by the Spirit. So this is not his own mind, his own wandering mind trying to make things up like sometimes we do. Uh, <laughs> But it was revealed to him by the Spirit. So here's the, here's the, the, the mystery in verse 6. It says, This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. So this mystery is that the Gentiles, us, are now part of the gospel. And I want you to notice the unity here. We've been talking about a lot about community and we're one, it's us, it's the church, it's not us by ourselves, but we're all together. And we see it there, it says fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise of Christ Jesus through the gospel. So the church is one in Christ Jesus, right? Remember Ephesians 2.13, we kind of just talked about it. So what is this gospel? What does that mean? Again, where we were, we talked about it, or I, I read at the beginning, we were, we were dead in trespasses, we were caught up in the world. I'm paraphrasing here because I'm walking around. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we were caught up in the world. We had this spirit which we know is Satan telling us what to do, and we didn't realize that it was him, but we continued to disobey God, right? So that's where we were. Then Jesus Christ comes into this world. Jesus Christ comes for one purpose and one purpose only, right? To forgive us of our trespasses, to take us away from the, from the hands of Satan, and to draw us closer to him. And how he does that is by, by shedding his blood so that he would wipe away, our sins would be wiped away. You know, I always say that they're washed away because they don't come back. God doesn't come back three years later and say, hey, I know I forgave you last week, but do you remember that? He doesn't do that. They're gone. So Jesus comes to this world and he sacrificially, obediently, right? He gives himself up so that his blood would be shed to wash away our sins so that we can now be part of the, of the gospel. We are no longer that, saint, that old man, right? So he does that. And when we believe, when we believe with our hearts, right? We enter into this new community. We are, as he says, fellow heirs, right? Members of the same body. I don't know about you, but I don't know, as a, as a little kid, I used to always like to 
be part of the group, you know, the, the cool kids and, or join a certain club, you know, to be part of that. Well, let me tell you something. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and I know Jeff doesn't like that, so forgive me, Jeff, because he's everyone's Savior, right? Not just mine. <laughs> you are part of the best club ever, right? And if you don't know Jesus, I would ask you that you would just cry out. Cry out to him. If you don't know how to do that, come talk to one of the elders afterwards. If you have questions about it, come talk to us. We'd love to walk you through that. You know, our hearts, our church, is that everyone would be saved, right? That everyone would be part of this club. So I just encourage you to, again, if you're not there or if you have questions, come talk to us. Another note, Romans 3, 23 and 24 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. You can't save yourself. You can't work it. You can't work it out. You can't say, man, I'm going to be a preacher and think you're saved. No, we don't do it. Christ did it. It is through Christ Jesus. It's the only way that we can be part of this group, be part of this gospel. Now, I kind of want to just take you over to this next part and talk about the purpose of this mystery, the gospel mission. Verse 7 says, of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though, well, to me, though I am very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring the light for everyone. What is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things? So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be known to the rulers and authorities in all he heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory." Sorry, my mouth is dry. Um, we see two purposes here, two things going on. First of all, it's Paul's purpose. What was Paul's purpose? And it says in verse 8 and 9 that it was to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. That was his purpose. That's what God called him to do. And I would add to that that, sh that should also be our purpose. <clears throat> I'm not going to say it anyways. If you've gone to a good party, right? and you have the best time, and then you come home and you tell your brother or your whoever, man, you missed this party. It was so much fun. He's not going to get it, right? That person's not going to understand what you felt, right? He's not. So we should be the same thing with Jesus Christ, what he's done for our lives, how he's changed our lives, where he's taken us from. 
I, I don't think I could beat Jeff's story, but I was pretty bad, okay? But he's taken me out of that, and he's given me new life. And, and I, I'm sorry, I, I don't mean to, well, yes, I'm preaching, I'll just say it. But I want you guys to have that relationship with Christ, the one that he's, he gave himself up for, the one that Paul's talking about. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. The second purpose that we see here is the purpose of the church. And it says, is so that God's wisdom will be made known to all. Listen, church, so that God's wisdom will be made known to all. That's our job. Our job is not to save people. We don't do that. But we got to tell them who God is. We got to talk about his wisdom. We got to talk about what he's done for us. That's our job. And you know what? That's been, that, that, that's been God's plan from the very beginning. Always. It's always been his plan. And it's through Jesus. It's through Jesus that it's come to pass. And again, let us not forget about the promise that he just gave in verse 12. That we have access to the Father through Jesus. Man, some of us were talking, I think, yesterday. And we were talking about the temple and how people had to uh, go to a temple to have access to God. And, and they didn't have direct access. They had to go through a priest. Sometimes we don't know how good we have it. We have direct access access to the creator I'm telling you man we need to pass this on we need to pass it on so what happens next here look at verse 14 and I'll read some verses and then I'll come back it says for this reason I bow my knees before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with the power through, the, through holy, or through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth. <clears throat> and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Notice Paul's reaction to the revelation to, of this mystery. He drops to his knees in gratitude. <clears throat> When's the last time we have dropped to our knees because we are so grateful for what he's done for us? You know, and, and, and not only us, it's Father's Day, but how about your children? What he's done in your children's lives and your grandchildren. <clears throat> I get emotional when I start to think about it. I have a, a grandson's a year, you know, a year old, and I just imagine him just growing up being this powerful man of God. That's how I imagine him. 
And that just brings me to tears. It brings me to my knees. Again, I said, I don't fall on my knees a lot. I cry, right? <clears throat> but that's what, he, that's what Paul does. He, he, he falls to his knees. And then he acknowledges who the Father is. I get a lot of people come to me, Amadi, I don't know how to pray. You know, I don't know what to say. Sometimes I get lost for words. Or I get on the other side where I say, oh, yeah, I pray to him all the time. And this is me. Maybe I'm judgmental. <laughs> and then I look at their life. I said, well, you praying to the wrong God <laughs> or something's wrong with you. <laughs> you know? That's my judgmental side. Sorry. <laughs> so my response is the same to both groups. And I'll say, Casey, next time you pray or, or you think you're praying, <laughs> I don't say that. I'm just saying, next time you're praying, <laughs> rather than asking for things, don't ask for anything. Spend five minutes just praising him. That's it. This is hard for us to do, you guys. I know when I do it, I start, I start doing that, and then I start praying for other people. I say, well, I'm not praying for me. I'm praying for others. But no, don't pray for anyone. Just praise him. Five minutes. You're going to see how hard it is because we are selfish. We think about ourselves. We think about our loved ones. And we forget what almighty God, the creator, did for us. And we need to be reminded. And you see Paul does that. Then he gives the Father, the credit for the, for the results of the mystery. So he doesn't do it because it's him. He doesn't fall to his knees because of him. He doesn't preach the gospel because of him. He does it because it was the Father that guided him and gave him that. And we need to recognize that when we pray. The other thing I want you to notice in the verses that we just read and again, the word Trinity doesn't exist in the Bible, but we see the Trinity. See, we, we see the Father, we see the Spirit, and we see Christ. Just a side note. Verse 16, I want to talk a little bit more about that. I'll read it again. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being. Man, think about that. We have the power of God. We have access to the power of God within us because his spirit lives in us, right? Now, that doesn't mean that you can just zap people and get what you want. That's not how it works. Um, but we still have access to that power, right? And I think we forget that. Verse 17 and 18, I'm going to read that one again. It says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, and to, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Um, I want to tell a little story here. So we have this friend, um, 
I won't mention her by name. This is when I was a baby Christian, and um, she grew up in a, a Hindu home, right? Um, and she pulls me aside, and she says, so what's the deal with Christ? You know, I says, well, you know, we, we get to be in heaven. We get to go to heaven. And she asks me, yeah, but what, is, what does that do for me today? What does Jesus do for me here on this earth? And I tell you, I just froze. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. I really didn't. Again, I was a baby Christian. I didn't know what to say. <clears throat> but I think Paul answers it here. He answers this. We're going to be rooted and grounded in love. <clears throat> when Christ is in your heart, you go from Again, I'm a judgmental person, so forgive me. I'll be driving. like, Anyways. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> um, but <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about, right, when you're driving? Anyways. Uh, <laughs> um, it takes us from this point of hatred and, and, I mean, so judgmental that it drives you to hate. You won't call it hate, but you could call it dislike, whatever you want to call it. It's hatred, okay? But it takes us from that point. It takes us out of it. And what it does for us today, to answer my friend, is that it changes us and changes that to love. You know, I used to hate it as a baby Christian when the pastor would say, hey, God bless you. I love you, church. And I, and I would sit in the back and say, you don't know me. How are you going to love me? But now I know. Because it's the love of Christ that's in me. And he, and he draws me to people. And I do. I love, I love you guys. I don't know you all, but I love you. You guys are my brothers and sisters in Christ. And you have to know that. And that comes from the Lord. And so going back to my friend, I'm thinking, man, that that changed my life. It changed my perspective. <clears throat> and, and then it talks about having strength to comprehend with all the saints. What is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth of who Christ is? Man. Jesus Christ should be our best friend. Period. And that's how we should live. And I wish, I can't go back, but I wish that I would have had this when she asked me that. And those are, the, so, those are some of the benefits, right? The earthly benefits, if you will. The other thing that I love about this verse, so it says in verse 19, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. I love that. Let me, let, me, let me just say something, okay? I know believers, that they know the Bible, I mean, back and forth and left and right. They have all the knowledge up here, right? They have all the knowledge up here, but not here. It's not in their heart. They know, and, and I would even go on to say they know the Bible better than a lot of preachers, but it's not here. But here, 
It's talking about that knowledge here. We know the love of Christ here. I can't remember the words, but one of the songs that they were singing was talking about the love of Christ. I can't remember. Anyways, we have to know the love of Christ because then that becomes life-changing. This doesn't. This does. When Christ, when you have the love of Christ in your heart, it changes your life. Put up this note for you. To know the love of the Father. To know the love of God in our hearts leads to a deep and life-changing relationship with him. Whereas to know the love of God with only our mind is quite different. This leads to head knowledge and not necessarily to life-changing relationship. You guys, if you guys know the Bible back and forth, and if it's not here already, you need to take that from here and bring it here. I'm an emotional person, okay? I'm not the studious type, so for me, it worked backwards. It hit me here first, and I'm still learning up here. I'm still beginning to understand. <clears throat> but we have to get to that point. So what does the gospel do for me? What does the gospel do for you? We'll finish with this last part. In verse um, 20, it says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundant, abundantly, again, I'm not, I, I can't even speak right, abundantly, then all that we ask, ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And again, we see the Trinity there. Guys, get, get down on your knees, man, and call out, cry out, beg. You have to do whatever you have to do to get that love of Christ in your heart. <clears throat> Normally at this time, I would pray for you guys, right, and close it out because we're pretty much done. But I want to do something different. And I'm going to ask if you could put on that. And I'm going to ask you all to stand. And as a community, we're going to pray together. It's all there. I'm not one of those guys that, you know, you read it. And, but think about what we just talked about. And this should be our prayer. I mean, it really should be our prayer. And we're just reading what we just went through. So if you start with me and, and just pray with me. For this reason, we bow our knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant us to be strengthened with power through his spirit in our inner being, so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints that... Go ahead, keep going.
Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And I want you to notice that I changed the words to where it says we. This was us praying. We, our, us. Where in, this, the, in the text, is talk, he's talking to the church. You, they, whatever. Um, remember that prayer, you guys. And I pray that God gets a hold of your hearts, changes your hearts. Um, you may already be there, but you can never stop growing. You can never stop loving more. Amen? Amen. I love you guys. God bless you.